up? How we doing? Back with another episode of The Spectators. I'm here with my boy, Jew. How you doing? What's going on, bro? What's up? It's going good. But it's not just me and you this episode. No, it's not. special guest. Yes. We got the always amazing, the one and only Panda Queen, August Raraski. How you doing, (laughs) I'm doing good. How about you guys? We're doing doing good. good. Welcome. Good. Thanks for having me. We're recording on Easter, uh, so happy Easter to, to you and everybody listening. Happy um, Easter, everybody. Yeah, yeah, to all the families Easter. out there. And so August Rasky is a volleyball player, a former student athlete, a good friend of mine as well. Uh, we've known each other, what, about four or five years now? Yeah, going on five. Yeah, that's wild. That's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, a luck chance encounter that kind of turned into a a lifelong friendship so that's really nice that's usually how it goes yeah as exactly. always <laughs> and so yeah I, I met august through um oregon volleyball we, we both went to the university of oregon where she was a setter and so kind of just tell me about a little bit of your experience at the university of oregon not only as an athlete obviously but your whole kind of experience a little bit well um yeah, obviously a huge transition, whether you're playing sports or you're not, going from high school into college. Um, it was amazing. I got really lucky with the people that I went into college with, like my recruiting class for volleyball. There were five of us. And then I got really lucky, too, with the people that were um, outside of volleyball. You know, like I met you. I met the running club. I got to meet some of my best friends pretty quick into college so that was really nice to have a good support system going through all of the ups and downs that college brings um I'd say I got pretty lucky with the group of people that I found you know because y'all supported me through volleyball on the outsides through tough times and you, you guys made college more because I got people to share it with so yeah. that was super nice yeah So it definitely made, because, you know, choosing a school, especially for sports, since you have to look at so many different things in the recruiting process, it definitely made you, uh, I would imagine, your decision to go to Oregon, like a a smart one, at least in your head, um, sooner rather than later, right? Right. Yeah. So my recruiting process was a little interesting, um, just because volleyball you know like setters go first and then they try to build the team around it kind of situation but I was also recruited as a second setter not necessarily the starting setter when I got there and um yeah it just out of all the schools that I looked at this one just seemed to have like the best fit for program competitiveness and I wanted to get there as fast as possible so gotcha and you were definitely competitive uh, every year, from what I remember, you were at those uh, those early season tournaments with the Nebraskas and Floridas and Penn States. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, you guys were definitely playing the best competition there were in the Pac-12 too, which is not an easy conference to play in. Absolutely. So, and and did it, uh, What's up? No, I was gonna say, when did it set in for you that you really wanted to follow volleyball at a collegiate um, level? When I started playing like competitively in club, which was like 14, 15, right about the start of high school, uh, I started receiving letters from a bunch of different colleges and I was like, oh wow, you can actually take this to like a collegiate level. Like I knew my mom and dad had played basketball in college, but I'd never even thought about volleyball for some reason. And 
you know, when I had a bunch of colleges looking at me, it got super overwhelming. And so I had to like narrow it down and start actually talking to these coaches and figuring out what kind of uh, curriculum I wanted to follow for a degree. And it just got super overwhelming. But I think it finally hit my senior year when I was able to sign my letter of intent that was like secured everything for me to go to Oregon. And I think it finally hit in that I was like, wow, I'm going to play sports at like the best level possible for college. So that was pretty cool. At a top school too, that was known at the time. They had just uh, made it to the national championship against Texas in 2012. Um, and they were the number two program in the nation at the time, which was pretty cool. Yes. So, um, and you say they were number two program at the, at the, in the nation at the time. And you were, you were able to go to a couple of uh, more, essentially March Madness, but for volleyball. So it happened in the winter. Uh, but it was the same style of tournament for those who aren't aware. Uh, same amount of teams, exact same format, everything. Uh, the winner of each conference gets the one seat, or not the one seat, but gets the automatic bid, and then bids are given out to the best and who deserve it. And you were lucky to be able to participate in a couple of those. So do you have any ex like specific games or experiences that uh, stick with you from those tournaments? Wow. Yeah, so like you said, um, we qualified all four years and it was pretty impressive because like our first year we got knocked out in the second round and as we went on we got knocked out in the second round again and then uh, finally like my senior year we had the opportunity to host at home which I think is something that's super memorable and we made it all the way to the Sweet 16 which was huge because we had never done that before in the previous three years and then playing in that Sweet 16 game against the number one seed in the entire tournament Minnesota at Minnesota and we ended up beating them, which was, I just got chills thinking about it too. <laughs> but I think that game will forever be like my favorite memory because no matter what was happening, whether the score was tied, both teams just played fearless. Like we were still attacking, nobody backed down. And we actually went to, in the second game or in the second set of the game, you know, we were, we were fighting. I think it ended up being a history like record breaking game where we made it all the way into the forties for points. Like, because it was one team would score, the other team would, you know, even it out. The next team would score, they'd even it out. And it just went all the way up into like 40 and 42, which is funny because like the film is on YouTube, but like, I don't remember much of it because I was just so competitive that I was like, we yeah, you're play, we <laughs> exactly. So it was pretty surreal the first time I watched the film and I was like, Oh my gosh, we went that far. It was still going. Yeah. And I, I'm sure you didn't, feel it at the time but you know it's your senior year you were the primary setter at this point after yeah. being the the one and two setter for so long now you're the primary and now you have the the biggest game of your career to this point and you're uh, you're in the uh, the 40s and points I'm sure that you were feeling that the uh, the next day or hours later or whatever yeah so that's something that I don't think gets enough recognition for volleyball and this has been a consistent pattern through at least all four years that I played every weekend as it is in March Madness or any other NCAA tournament that gets held, you know, you play on a Friday and then you have the next day off and then you play on a Saturday. I'm not too like a hundred percent positive how it works for basketball, but from what I've seen, it's the same where it's Friday um, and then you play on a Sunday. For us, however, that 40 point game that we ended up taking to four sets, um, we had to turn around and play Nebraska the next day. So not only Man. did that game go longer than expected it all had that emotion we didn't have enough 
time to recover in order to prepare for the next game. Like we didn't even have the chance to celebrate after we won. It was instantly we were in the film room watching Nebraska trying to prepare for the next day. So I think that's something that gets overlooked about volleyball and I'm sure with other sports too, is that you play Friday and then you have to turn right back around and play Saturday. Yeah, and and I, I know you were always pretty good about taking care of your body and uh, mm -hmm. or at least trying to put yourself in the best position to, you know, we, we do what we can, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, after you left the University of Oregon, you graduated with uh, an art degree? Uh, arts and technology, yeah. Arts and technology. And you're, you're pretty darn good at that, too. Um, give her a follow on her, her art page. <laughs> Thanks. If you want to plug that. Because, yes, she's really talented. Um, you went and you were given an opportunity to play professional volleyball. Um, what was the, the process like kind of figuring that out and, like, navigating where you wanted to go and that whole spiel? It was unreal. First of all, an amazing opportunity for anybody if you have the chance to go travel, explore, get to know yourself, you know, just kind of just get a different perspective uh, for life. But I will say first years are always the hardest because no matter how many questions you ask to people, you're never going to really appreciate it until you have your own experience. And so even though I asked a lot of people and talked to a lot of uh, mentors, coaches and others that had played professional sports overseas before, you know, there's nothing that could have prepared me for what came in these past seven months over in Italy. Um, and especially because my situation was very specific. Like I got, like, <laughs> it just wasn't the best opportunity. And unfortunately, although I got to see the top competitors in the world, I wasn't playing a whole lot. Um, and that was like a big like a big fall after having such a great senior season and just feeling like on top of the world with confidence to be, you know, lied to when I went out to Italy saying like, oh yes, we want you, we want you to start and all this other stuff. And then sitting on the bench and just, you know, being absolutely confused of what my role was there when I was told one thing and, you know, another was happening. Mm -hmm. So. And so um, you said that you, you mentioned that this wasn't like necessarily the best situation for you. Um, are you actively right now looking for, I mean, obviously we're, we're in a pandemic, so things are <laughs> right. a little Yeah, but you know, the hustle, <laughs> hustle doesn't stop. Although it, Italy probably economically won't be able to recover from this as fast as others because they were hit so drastically. I'm, you know, actively looking in other areas to continue pursuing this kind of career because, you know, it's still a great opportunity to learn, you know, whatever you want, either if it's about yourself, about the game, travel get out of the country. It's a great opportunity. Absolutely. Well, what would be like your number one destination? Like included with everything there, the volleyball, like if, if it was the top level of volleyball anywhere and you can go anywhere, where would you want to be? Oof. I would love to actually go play in Korea because I think the transition from like the college, uh, sorry, from college where you have such implemented rules and discipline um, and like a structure to follow would make the transition into like a Korean or a Japanese team where it's treated more like a business and you know it's more for performance out there like they want big hitters that can go and spike and they want big people that are going to put on a show and make it you know worth money but I think specifically for following like discipline and I think Korea and Japan would be absolutely amazing to play plus they're like they're places I've never been uh, but I've always done like 
research on it for their culture and history and stuff that like I really appreciate that I think you know it's somewhere I'm interested in so it would just make it that much more valuable for me to be there and go play so and plus like they're just super um they're they take care of their players like with money so that's good I mean there are other places that do as well but from the talk on the town you know Korea and Japan and China are the places to be So we mentioned coronavirus. How was it for you when you figured out that everything was going to be coming to a stop because of the situation that we're in? It was, it was wild because one, I was already in a foreign country and I was, you know, it it was the last month that we were supposed to be playing and then everything just stopped. Like we would still be able to practice, but we couldn't play games. And then we were actually in Florence about to play one of the last games because we had just been cleared. And then they just stopped it right before we showed up at the gym. Like, we were all dressed out and ready to go. And then they're just like, nope, you guys aren't playing. Go back. Um, and it was, it was wild because then we just sat around for, like, two weeks with no information, at least in Italy. So, like, my experience is very different because I spent most of, like, the beginning of this outbreak in a different country. Um, but, you know, got home super quick. And it was super frustrating not to be able to, like, go to a gym, get into, you know, a little practice situation with my friends and the six feet or the six feet apart distance rule doesn't really allow for any contact sports. So it was very overwhelming to try and be like, well, this has been my life for the past like 11, 12 years. And all of a sudden it's like, you have to take a break or you have to stop because this is where we're at. So it was wild. Yeah, just the most bizarre circumstances that we're kind of in right now. Um, yeah. I, I can't imagine this is how you imagine the what would stop you from playing volleyball. For- no, and especially for those people, too, that, like, this is their senior year or this was, like, you know, this was the last go-round. My heart just breaks for all those athletes that, yes, thankfully the NCAA has offered, you know, to go back if they want to for special circumstances. But, like, that – for some of those people that won't fall into those categories, like, that sucks. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, that's not necessarily an option for a lot of people. Um, right. Some people, you know, need to go <laughs> onto the workplace because they have family situation or uh, pr- their professional career is around the corner and they didn't quite get to experience that, that last season uh, potential magic that was there. Right. I, I know like, like our uh, men's and women's basketball team, um, they were on a pretty good little run there and brutal it, it really does suck <laughs> you feel bad for sabrina and absolutely uh, yeah and but you know like when you think about sabrina too look at the path that she's already paved not only for like women's basketball but for female representation in sports was huge and unfortunately like it sucks to see that it was you know cut short but when you look at all of the ground that she covered being so fierce and so strong in the sport that she played she's definitely paved a way for future athletes in any sport for female to dominate, which is amazing. Yeah, she's already done so much, and she's only going to keep on doing more once all this rolls over. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. It's pretty special. And that's awesome to be a part of as a program, Uh, even though, like, I'm an alumni now. But to see men's and women's basketball as well as football take Pac-12 titles this year, that was pretty impressive. So go Ducks. Going to shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the, what was it, the class of 20, 2020, a uh, pretty, pretty impressive class, honestly, mm-hmm. with, with all the athletes we had, with Herbert and Peyton Pritchard, who, 
you know, everything that's been said about him, but he's he had a pretty good career there. Yeah. And Rena, Ruthie, the list goes on. Absolutely. And and your class is pretty good too. So don't don't let don't let them. Uh, <laughs> hey, your, your class is pretty Shucks. pretty good. Yeah, so. I mean, out of what five of us, what we got. Lindsay Vanderweide, Lauren, Smeet, and Haley. And Haley, unfortunately, had to, like, medically retire. However, I played club volleyball with her in high school back in Colorado, and she was a force to be reckoned with. But, like, so out of the four of us that played throughout our entire college years, three of us ended up going and playing pro. Like, Lindsay was in France, Lauren was in Switzerland, and then I was in Italy. So, yeah. pretty cool. And, and Haley stuck around, too, which was a really, like, a cool thing to see that, you know, she met had to medically retire like you said and that could have really easily been something where she kind of wanted to distance herself from the game or from the school even mm -hmm. and she stuck around she's obviously one of your best friends uh, yeah. that I know and she's become close with a lot of us from the running club people and all yeah. the, the carpet floor people <laughs> and um there, are there any like team bonding experiences that you have that um that are obviously like safe for safe for work <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so so my freshman and sophomore year we did something called the program which when i came in as a freshman everybody was like oh my gosh these military guys come in and they just kick your butt we're like what the heck and people just built it up to be like this huge monster of like physical taxing mentally draining um just activity that we had to go through and i was like what the heck is this anyway so my freshman year they literally like we had to do 10 perfect perfect push-ups and 10 perfect jumping jacks and they were just screaming at us we had to carry like weights of these wood thing pillars anyway so my sophomore year Ronica Stone was a freshman and we got Ronica Jolie Brooke and Willow who like were just as amazing coming in in the class so this one activity that we had to do once again we were doing the program they took us, they literally built this program specifically for us. Like this wasn't in their list of like, okay, what things can we do activities with them? No, like they worked with our coach to specifically design this obstacle course, tax, whatever it was for us. And I was like, that's commitment. <laughs> and so they took us out to the dunes in Oregon and we camped, like we had to set up our tent super fast and all these other blah, blah, blah events. And then the next day we had to wake up at like 5 a.m. We were broken up into two teams and had to trek four miles with 50 pound sandbags to the coast. And whichever team got their first one. And I just, my jaw is still like at the floor. I need to pick it up real quick. But my team happened to be in the lead for most of it. And I had, it was basically like a, uh, like my team was the broad and, you know, we had the brains on the other one. It was very much separated when we got picked. It was like, oh, okay, well, physically we're a little bit more, but you know, whatever. They still caught up to us a few times, but we're running up the hills. We can hear the ocean. We're running up the hills. I have a sandbag on my back. Oh, and we're also carrying like backpacks that you would go exploring in, like in Europe. So we have those plus a 50 pound sandbag. And we're just like, why are we doing this? We're coming up the hill and Ronica's right next to me and I've carried the sandbag for probably about like the last mile or something and I'm about to pass out and I just look at Ronica and I'm like you gotta take it and she's like crying as we're like running because we can see the other team behind us and I'm like you have to take it and she's like no and so I throw it at her and she takes it and we just beeline it down into the ocean and we just fall we were just tumbling she's got the 50 pound sandbag 
and it was just I just remember vividly looking at her and being like you gotta help me out and I just passed that load to her and she took it and I was like that that I will hold like for a while just because you know that's some random sports team crap that you're like I knew she was dedicated just like like she could take it (laughs) (laughs) so I think that's probably one of the like my favorite memories of like bonding together so yeah yeah that's awesome and um so you know you have those memories with with your team and you know competing with all of them and obviously that's something that you'll probably miss for a while especially going to like Italy where you don't there's like language barriers and stuff um, oh yeah <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk to everybody yeah. and I'm sure you picked up a little bit uh, you, you know you got to manage but how, how much was like the team element at Oregon for you huge it's unreal you know because you spend four years with the same group of people and yeah there's always people coming in and coming out every year but when you're with your class and like the class below you because you're supposed to mentor them I think there's a really special bond between our class and the class below us because we we went through really tough times together but we were able to establish a culture of what Oregon was about through it and I really missed that going overseas you know, again, we were, we got really lucky with the group of people that we collected at Oregon for volleyball. And then to just have that stop and you're playing with completely different people. You've got a different coaching style, you know, and especially with the language barrier, not a whole lot of people understood me or wanted to take the time to get to know me, like past the language barrier. It becomes much more of that business mindset of you're here to do a job and that's about it. So I missed that aspect that we had built, that we've cultivated at Oregon overseas because it's hard. You know, a lot of people switch teams every year. So that consistency of playing with the same people breaks every year. So it's hard. Yeah. Everybody's looking for the next, uh, the next step in their career and it's, it's tough. So yeah. yeah that, that four years of college is really nice, which is, it's not a long time either, but, and it goes right. by fast as as you and I know yes it's too fast it's way too fast (laughs) so um I kind of want to shift gears into more of your your art type of stuff because as good as you are at volleyball you (laughs) again you have a degree in art uh art and technology and you know you've done a lot of cool things that I've seen you you built a uh you like laser stitched like a table with uh, our buddy Ryan Jones, which we never really even got to use, but it still is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Nah, I want to for sure go back and restructure that table, though, because I know now we could build it much better with the posts. It's just a little, you know, a little too wobbly. (laughs) A little too wobbly. And that was made for our our tournaments, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It was. You want to give some insight on what what our tournaments were and the (laughs) – uh, the whole league that we kind of had. Oh there. my God. So this is not going to do our injustice at all. But basically, aside from playing professional volleyball, I was also an active participant in the Winterfell Beer Pong League, <laughs> which is something that uh, the running club guys who did ball crew for volleyball, that's the connection there, uh, they would put on at the running club house. So every term, we'd have a serious, legit, certified beer pong tournament very serious like only a certain number of teams were in if you didn't make the cut you were out we had a commissioner jake willard and kale and Mm -hmm. bo and rob i'm actually not sure who commissioners were but those gentlemen right there are the ones that created this and 
shout out to them because I probably would have never met half of you guys if they didn't sit around that one day and say, what if we made this like a real deal? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically every term we had a tournament and it went from, you know, pool play to semis and to finals. Um, and so I'd been in this tournament as many times as I could throughout my four years and my junior year, I wanted to make something a little bit more permanent physically for us to remember this because I think the people that put in the time and effort to build it were, were just like, you know, they deserve to be written down in history. And you know what? We're going to write our own history as cheesy <laughs> as that sounds, but you know, these people will forever live on that, that, that table, which is kind of cool wherever it, end, it ends up. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a table for beer pong. It's not regulation whatsoever, but on top of it is a, uh, Lord of the Rings styled map of all our houses because we were fortunate enough to live super close to each other. And we included, well, Ron and I chose to include, uh, little Easter eggs, like our pets names were actually the C's. We had, um, everybody's name went around the table in like the style or the type font of Lord of the Rings. So it was pretty cool. I'm trying to remember a lot of it, but it, it was just a good way to commence all of the hard work that people throughout eight to 10 years had put into like playing beer pong and then it finally becoming a league. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and when she says that it was a map, this was like a, think of you're playing like Breath of the Wild or something where it's a map with like borders for countries and they were all the different houses so like my house was the pentagon and then you had winterfell was right to the north of it the seas around it this was like a really detailed map i think we have like posters of this too before yeah you made it. i was gonna say i think i can send you a picture of it do you want a poster on there but yeah please do so i actually i know nick has the poster i don't have it right but nick has that yeah um, it was just a way to celebrate us you know because you're not given titles, you're not given, this is going to sound really cheesy, but like this is my wholehearted opinion for my art, is you know, you make people memorable by doing things like this, you know, I want people to be able to remember us, that we put time and effort into this, that we were here, you know, just another way to mark your territory in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, me and Nick kind of did something similar where we made the trophy, which, mm -hmm has evolved into this like really big deal that we didn't kind of expect it to, but it's this yeah. Stanley cup style trophy just <laughs> made of like red solo cups and empty beer bottles. Yeah. And, you know, and but the people who win get fun. to have a day with it, you know, they get to take it around, show it off, take it to the waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> Which we took that everywhere when we, when yeah. we got it. Definitely. I've heard a lot about this tournament over the years from Jew. Yeah, well, you know, you should because he was a back-to-back -back champion. He basically yeah. ran the table there. Um, that's what I've heard. were <laughs> unreal. I just remember, that's probably one of my favorite memories, too, of you guys is you won the first year and you came back the second year and they're sitting at the finals table and I'm sitting, like, catty corner to them and I'm looking over and I'm like, what the heck? What do they have underneath? Like, I can, I noticed that they're wearing, like, another shirt underneath their shirt. And I was like, what the heck? And then, you know, the gameplay continues, and they sink that last cup, and they just, woo, yep. their shirts apart, and it says back-to-back champions. And I got it on video, and I was like, wow. They knew. They knew this entire tournament. They were walking up, and they were just cleaning the floor with us. That was unheard of. That's awesome. That was, that was wicked. We were thinking about the three-peat, but we didn't want to, like, really 
go crazy with it because we were gonna make like something ridiculous like a banner yeah. and we're like we're not gonna <laughs> we don't want to intimidate the freshmen <laughs> we want definitely to should have definitely yeah, should have we want them to come in. back you know we, we still want we group participation <laughs> gotta search yeah. dominance <laughs> that, that league was something yeah we definitely did uh, that league was something that you know it was kind of like a, a silly idea and it's just like a, a college game but it turned into something really uh meaningful and memorable to a, lo- a lot of us out there uh, yeah. i know we we just had like last week i think right last week yeah we had a, a call with like 20 plus people just kind of doing a, a debate of, a debate uh, yeah things, yeah a, just a debate of things that happened in the league and uh, memories we had and who we'd want to see play together who was the best things like that yeah. it la- the zoom call wound up lasting like four hours it was, we were on there for a while, you know, and it was great too, because we got to see people from different generations that had played in it and people that had also uh, transferred like Alaska, who was in it for a while and she still came back to talk about it, you know, which was great, so. And then somebody like uh, Rob, who was a couple years older than you and I. Yeah. But then he got to talk to like Blake and Mark, who they're like seven or eight year age different and grade difference. Right. So, like when you walk into like our tournament, you have a specific cup that is Rob's cup. And I'm sure these people are like, who the heck is Rob? And we're like, just wait, just wait. <laughs> you so wish you were Rob. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. That gold cup. Oh, man. That's dope that you guys could do something like that to really make memories to last you for a while, though. During yeah, the time. I mean, and we, we're still trying to get beer pong tournaments going now, which like is wild we were supposed to go out for olympic trials or whatever up to eugene and help host one so it's got a nationwide spectators beer pong tournament absolutely on sponsored by the you sponsored by eugene and all the ducks yes (laughs) next time that i um you know wind up going to eugene i imagine everybody else will be there we'll definitely do a a, a covering of it and I'll do like interviews. We'll make a whole episode out of that. Oh, no, we got to get like, we got to get your own little table. You guys up in mm-hmm. college. Just, yep. Absolutely. Well, and um, one really cool thing too is the the people that we had in it were like uh, me, Kale, Jake Willard, who were journalism students. Mm-hmm. So we, we had all this access to the cameras and uh, the editing software. So we've made like promo videos and, <laughs> yeah. and, and pre-game pump-ups. And, highlight yeah. reels <laughs> and all that. <laughs> and you kept the podcast going too about, you know, draft picks and who are you looking forward to seeing, which was really exciting. You know, it got people hyped about the, the tournaments coming up, you know, during finals when you just want to hide under your bed and not do anything. You're like, but I got to practice for the tournament. <laughs> Gives you something to look forward to. That's yeah. dope. Yeah, and, and Jake made a 30-minute video um, at the end of our senior year of just, like, a recap of, like, everything. Yeah. And he, like, did a tour around Eugene to all the houses where people lived and, like, the important people who lived in them, too. It, it was just really cool stuff. It was really wild. cool stuff. And it's, and it's kind of funny how, like, you and some of the volleyball girls kind of just were involved with this. And this yeah. was something part of your, your experience – as a student athlete there it's 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 crazy yeah I'm really fortunate that I got to share like my volleyball life with my uh social life because I feel like for a lot of my time as a student athlete whether it was in high school or you know even in college there's such a like a border between okay who I am on the court and then who I am outside of it 
And I think I got really lucky that like my volleyball friends were like, no, we're going to play in the tournament too. And you guys were like, no, we're going to come to your volleyball games. Like that's unheard of. Yeah. And we went to a lot of your volleyball games too. Um, you, I could pick you guys out of the crowd because I knew exactly where you guys would sit. Like I just always, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to check. Okay. There they are. <laughs> yeah, and we, we would try to go to, to every game that we could, you know, stuff happens that we could make all of them. But yeah, yeah. that was that was one of those things we always really did look forward to. You know, we were able yeah. to get out of the house, see our good friend do what she loves, and that was always so cool to us. Yeah. Volleyball <laughs> games are lit, though. Yeah. Dude, well, I, I think I volleyball is so underrepresent, underrepresented, underrepresented, underrepresented. <laughs> yes. Oh, Where it's that hard? Um, so underrepresented as a sport for males and for females, just I think in the, the media. Nowadays, USA Volleyball does a better job of broadcasting it, especially with mm -hmm. beach volleyball and how popular that is. I think, but like, you got to look at the statistics, and I don't have them, but volleyball it has always been like the number one sport females play from ages like 12 to 16, I think is what the span is. It's always like the number one most played sport but when you look at pop culture and tv shows it's basketball there's ice skating there's all these other things but i think there's only one volleyball movie ever been made and it's about uh, a miracle season i think is what it's called i don't know I, i'm not as educated in this as i should be to talk about it right now but i feel like for as many people that play volleyball it deserves to be a little bit more represent represented absolutely yeah and, and hopefully you know when we're able to go have sports again and have professional leagues and you know see people not just stay in our houses um you know you'll be on your way to hopefully expanding that and that's something you've yeah. always been trying to do not just as a volleyball player trying to push the sport but also as a female athlete uh, yeah. you've always been outspoken about how you want representation to go and the direction that you think that you could push it further and I always yeah. commend it for that um what Absolutely. are yeah like obviously it's important to you because that's who you are kind of but how have you like seen like it kind of shift with people like Sabrina and you know uh Serena Williams and the really big names in uh, the female athletic realm um I that's a that's a great uh question I at least for our level in college to be able to see a program like Women Ball 2 take over, uh, being a national uh, logo and a national brand that a lot of college teams want to represent and want to have um, that Women Ball 2 logo on their jerseys, on their shirts, whatever it is. I think that was really impressive to see something start within our community because we had such athletic people in our class, in the uh, in basketball, in other areas too, that we wanted to represent them. and I. Um, I think a program like that is so, like, it's on the up and come up, like, for sure, once more people, you know, like, Jordan Bell was representing him in the NBA, and we have people um, like Kobe, who were great spokes, uh, spokespeople for female sports, like, we need more of that, we need more people to say, yes, like, this is what, um, this is what we believe in, this is what we want to follow, because we respect it, we believe in it, and all these other uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it it really is a shame that, you know, Kobe, who was so so much of an advocate for especially women's basketball. I mean, he, he was a, a dad, uh, yeah. all the daughters. 
And um, it really is a shame that somebody like him who had such an influence uh, can't be here with us anymore to continue his, his fight. But it's awesome that so many people have seen what he's done and and continued it for him and picked up the torch. And I I know I'll do what I can for it. Um, Yeah. And, you know, we, we try. That's all we need is we just need more people to be advocates like he were, he was just supporting and, honoring the fact that it is you know a way to make a living for both men and women you know yeah there's no reason women shouldn't be allowed to or not really allowed but like given a bigger platform to be able to pursue what they want to pursue right absolutely absolutely it'll it'll take uh maybe a couple more august raskies but one of them will get through eventually right yeah (laughs) yeah No, but it, it's kind of cool because uh, this is just to toot my own horn, but like Sabrina has so many triple doubles and like I had, I had some. I'm not at all trying to take away from what she did because that's incredible. And yeah, she had way more than I did, but I think that's like something to, for volleyball girls to grow up and, you know, see that is possible in that sport as well. So I think that was mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and you had uh, you had some honors coming out of your senior year, didn't you? you had a- yeah, I was an All-American third team, which was pretty Ooh. cool. Um, and I was Pacific region team. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> um, I really should know more about it. But, you know, for me, it was never about – the awards. I wanted to be an All-American. I set that goal at my, at the beginning of my senior year, I said I wanted to play fearless. I wanted to make the 3000 uh, assist club and be an All-American. And that was literally written everywhere, like in my locker, on my phone, everywhere you saw it was just like, these were the goals that I wanted to achieve. And I was pretty hell-bent on achieving them no matter what I did. I had a really good spring junior year for training and I was like, this is gonna happen. Like, I'd like to go back to that August mentality of just being like, no, this is happening. Like, I will run through walls to make this happen. <laughs> and you did. And so yeah. you, you know you have that in you, that I won't be stopped kind of mentality, which is amazing. And That's not, awesome. Not common in everybody, too. Uh, I took <laughs> – I think it's wild, though. I think the mind is completely – I think it's so – important when it comes to sports or anything in general but there's so much that you can do once you convince convince your mind to you know be fearless and all these other objectives that make you stronger it's so just like underappreciated <laughs> going back to kobe that mamba mentality it's yeah, a real thing that. and everybody has it it's just a matter of tapping into it yeah and i think that's something that scares a lot of athletes too like not being able to ever break past it but then having that kind of mentality of I can't break past it will never let you break past it. If that makes it's, it's such an intangible subconscious idea and it's very hard to communicate, but you know, the, the athletes like Kobe know it, other athletes recognize it. So, yeah. Do you have any uh, go-to like motivation videos, anything like that, that um, you went, it was especially hard to maybe get into the gym. Uh, a video or like somebody who would text you or anything like that some song or outside source like for right now or just like when I was playing either um 
I don't know. I, I have a lot of respect for my coach, Matt Ulmer at uh, Oregon, because he's very technically smart. And so for me, for someone who goes off of passion and athleticism, to be able to hone in some technical things and look at strategies, I really respect him a lot for his knowledge. So that's something that like, even in pro season, I would text him and ask him about players, about strategies and that kind of stuff. Um, I have a problem <laughs> with like getting too over zealous in games where I can't like I can't focus I'm just too competitive like I'm running on pure adrenaline and I've learned a lot these past couple of years to be able to take deep breaths listen to some calming music before I play visualize what I want to do in the game because I just used to go out and be like oh I'm crazy I'm gonna do anything I'm gonna do everything I'm gonna run into a wall and I still have that part of me but at least now I feel like I'm at a point where I can recognize it and control it to my you know best ability so I wouldn't say I have a whole lot of pump-up songs, although shout out to Lindsay, Lauren, and Ronica for always taking the focus of the pregame stress off by doing their dance videos. Those They're dance videos are incredible. Unmatched. Like, if you haven't heard of the big three, you need to go find them on TikTok because they're still at it. But they would literally, they you know, because when you say that again. They still do the videos? Yeah. Ooh, I need yeah. to go see. Are those the ones I uh, showed you one time, too? Um, I don't think so. For for this, what we're talking about, it's uh, three of the girls from the from the Oregon team, and they would just do like pregame dances that they would like choreograph beforehand. And it was like, who was it? Lindsay, uh, Lauren, and Ronica. Ronica, yeah. And they, you know, they 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 put Coco Vango on the map for college kids. <laughs> let me tell you, they did. They, even, like, the, the university brought them out to a football game, and they did it, like, on the football field at, like, halftime or something. It yeah. was, like, That's awesome. really yeah. fun. And it, it was amazing to see that trend start within a volleyball community because then everybody was trying to come up with their own dances. Like, they were definitely um, pioneers when it came to that because then everybody, whether it was in softball, any type of sport, people were dancing, people were celebrating and just bringing more to that, which I thought was so, so cool, but – yeah, because yeah, it definitely inspired somebody like Haley Cruz from the, the softball team, who was, like, a big deal now. Uh, I see her, like, all over TikTok, and I don't follow her. And, she's kind of yeah. and she does yeah. her, like, relatable content. She does, like, pregame dances in her uniform and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, just showing that, like, these student-athletes are not just there to play, but they're, you know, they're, they're kids, and they want to have fun. And, we're still, yeah. we're still human and we're still young. And I think that goes so like underappreciated and missed because we are, we're just trying to do so much for, you know, a sport that gave us everything. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that we are forced to grow up faster because of the maturity it requires to play at a higher level and all these other different aspects that play when you're in college, balancing sports and you know, nobody asked us to do any of this, but it's what we sacrifice to do something we're passionate about. So. Yeah. yeah. So uh, before we get kicked out of this uh, Zoom call, uh, <laughs> do you have any uh, just inspirational things or anything you want to say to, uh, you know, future volleyball players or future athletes out there? Anything like that? Oh, yes. Um, learn, learn to love the game. Although there are moments where, you want to cry and you just want to quit and you're just over, you're over all of it with your coach or your teammates. Like you gotta, 
you got to celebrate the parts that you love. You know, for me, it's being able to be with people that are just as competitive, being able to find those moments in sports where everything you've trained for works out and you get that super nice block, you get that gnarly dig, like you do something that nobody thought, including yourself, you could do. And those are the moments that you fall in love with the game. And that's what makes it worth everything else. Like you have to learn to let the positives overtake all of the negative, you know, it's hard because any inspirational thing anybody has ever said to me, I've always been like, yeah, okay. But it never rang true until I experienced it. So I think just learning to like, no matter what happens to love what you do, whether it's art, sports, you know, anything. Beer pong leagues, whatever. Beer pong leagues. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so bad at beer pong. It's like unreal. (laughs) It's a very. (laughs) Maybe not. You might be rusty now, but in your prime, not too bad. I'm calling out. I'm calling out Kale and Bo Armstrong right now. I'm coming Uh-oh. for you. Uh-oh. I'm calling out Bo. Uh-oh. He's going for the king. That's- Let me tell you. <laughs> Hopefully they're listening and hear this. And we see, uh, I see a text coming soon. August, so. I accept. Yes. <laughs> I hope. Be Set it up. Set it up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you guys for having me on this, though. This has been a great platform for me to be able to share on. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, thank you. It's awesome that um, we're as close to friends as we are. Hopefully, Absolutely. that lasts for as long as we can make Absolutely. that Absolutely. And um, we, I appreciate you as always for, for coming on. Absolutely. So, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, proud so, of you guys for doing this. This is cool. Thank you. thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We're the Spectators. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at underscore the Spectators. Like us on Facebook. You know the whole deal. Spectatorsports.com. Don't forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the website is nice. We got we got some articles coming out. Check it's clean. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thank you as always, and uh, we'll see you next time. Later, everybody. Later.